The Doc Jacques Podcast is hosted by me, Dr. Jacques de Bruckert, a trained, licensed clinical therapist who specializes in addiction treatment and really wants to help you get clean and sober. If you or a loved one is in need of treatment, please reach out to your nearest treating professional or consider going to residential treatment. It's not worth losing your life to save your addiction. Forgiveness is something you do, right? Or is it something you feel? Well, actually, it's both and at the same time. To successfully navigate through forgiveness, you have to be able to do something, but you have to then change your feelings. In my office, I'm working with people all the time that really struggle with an understanding of how to forgive themselves. It's easy for them to forgive other people, but to forgive themselves is a whole different matter. I'm trying to understand how to help them while they're rejecting the idea that they're worthy of forgiveness. Without hesitation, they'll forgive other people for almost any amount of transgression. But even for the slightest thing, they just can't forgive themselves. It's a struggle for them that is key to their survival as a sober person. And yet one of the hardest things that they can possibly undertake. Everybody knows what forgiveness is. If I ask anybody, they always give me the same response. Well, you just forgive somebody and you move on. Or sometimes they'll get confused and compare forgiveness with forgetting. Or they'll think that they're interchangeable or that that's what forgiveness is, is forgetting the person did something to you. And maybe you can actually do that. I don't know. I've never really been able to forget I have a memory. That's why we are gifted with a brain that functions and holds information. We don't forget. We might temporarily put it out of our mind, but we really don't forget. We'll always remember what somebody has done to us. So it's not a matter of forgiveness that changes how we think about a person and try to forget. Forgiveness is about letting something go. And this is the problem I struggle with, with clients who are trying to understand forgiveness and put a real answer to the question of what is forgiveness. So typically I'll start with an explanation about maybe how they have learned to forgive somebody who did something to them that's a minor thing. A friend who doesn't show up when they say they're going to, or perhaps a relative has forgotten their birthday or or something, something small. And they understand the, uh, the the concept of forgiveness from that standpoint. Well, I just told them I, I accepted their apology, and we kind of moved forward. But see, there's not a lot of not a lot of emotion attached to those kinds of small things. Where the struggle is seems to be when there is a real significant emotion attached to the thing that they have to forgive. Then it becomes a little trickier. How do you forgive somebody for something that they've done that's been maybe not overly traumatic, but it's a big thing? They told a lie about somebody, or they did something that resulted in 
some loss that was bigger than it should have been. And so forgiveness really is about feelings at that point. Everybody understands I'm upset about that. And that's what they focus on in forgiveness is forgiving the thing that they have now experienced that has meaning attached to it. So when I talk to clients about that portion of forgiveness, they really start to understand that it's more about maybe a feeling than the action itself. So now they're having to forgive feelings that they have for somebody. So the discussion then centers around how do you get rid of the feeling? Well, then it becomes a little bit more real for them. So we talk about the event. I'll ask them to describe it and they describe it. And we go over it in detail. Who was there? What happened? How did it affect you? How did it affect the other person? What were the long-term effects of the result of that action or misdeed, whatever it is? And we really kind of put some flesh on those bones of an understanding of what it is that they're so angry about. And that's the part that they start to get the connection between the feeling and the event, sort of intermingling them back together. Now that we have something that is real and has some substance to it, then I ask them, how did that make them feel? How does it make them feel to describe it? How did it make them feel when they first experienced it? And by feeling, I mean really deep down inside feeling. The descriptions I get then are a little more vivid. They're a little more impactful about what they really experienced. And suddenly the shift occurs and now they're no longer focused on the event, but how they felt towards that person, how they really feel about the effect of that thing that occurred. And it's always about anger or resentment or contempt or rage sometimes. And so now I ask them the question, how do you forgive that person? What is that? What is forgiveness at that point? And they start to understand it's really about that anger. Because as the old adage goes, anger is the poison that you're drinking, thinking you're killing somebody else. When really you're just killing yourself. So they don't want to hang on to that. They don't want to hang on to the anger because they see how destructive that is. And it makes them upset when they're even talking about it. So forgiveness is about letting go of the feeling, but not the memory. So trying to understand that you can get angry again about almost anything that you have already forgiven somebody for because you're describing it. See, what you're doing is you're jumping back into the feeling, even though it's days, weeks, months, years later. And those feelings come back from the foundations of an understanding of forgiveness. If we look at it from a biblical perspective, you know, we're mandated to forgive in the New Testament. There's a lot of references to forgiveness. It's all over the, the New Testament. 
So the reason for it is because you don't want to let that destroy you. And you don't want to become a different person because of your anger and your resentment and your contempt for somebody for doing something, no matter how bad it is. That's where we kind of run into problems in the therapeutic process because the person wants to hang on to the anger. They feel if they let it go, that maybe the person who did whatever it is that made them angry gets away with it. There's something about that that makes it so that they, they, get, they get off the hook. They're off the hook for responsibility. So now let's go back to the understanding of what is forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting somebody's reaction to something, anger, letting the anger go. Not the event, not the memory, but the feeling. So a question I get after that is, but what am I supposed to just let bygones be bygones and now act with this person like I, nothing happened? And that's not true either because forgiveness is not about reconciliation. It's about letting a feeling go of anger that you have inside of you that's aimed at the other person. The other person may not even be alive. You may not have any interaction with them. They not, may not even be around anymore. You don't even know how to contact them. So it's not something you do in person necessarily. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. It's more about what happens inside of you. When you forgive, you're letting anger go. And at that point, you can make a decision about what you want to do with the relationship. Now, if we go back to a biblical perspective, reconciliation is not in the Bible. You don't have to reconcile with somebody. They do not have to be in your life. Sometimes we're forced into that because we're related to them or maybe they're a coworker or a boss and you have to interact with them, maybe even on a daily basis. But many times you can put that boundary down, that external boundary of I'm not, I can't have you in my life. I forgive you, but I can't have you in my life. I hope, I hope we're good with that. So when we're working our steps in the 12-step program, which is kind of an extension of a biblical perspective on, on uh, the work of recovery, step nine, seeking out those to make amends whenever possible, except we're doing so would cause harm. So forgiving somebody can be something that you do in person and you tell them hey, I'm sorry I did this, but what you're doing in step nine is you're actually learning to forgive yourself. And this is where we run into problems in recovery is how do we forgive ourselves for the things that we've done to ourselves as it relates to how we have forgiven others for doing things to us? I guess the difference is we have to reconcile with ourselves. We can't just put a boundary down and say, I can't have you in my life because you are actually with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So forgiveness then becomes a little more tricky. And that's what is really important in recovery is learning to live with ourselves and all the damage we've done to other people in our addiction doesn't compare to the damage that we've done to ourselves. So trying to figure out how to forgive yourself is something that 
really takes a lot of patience and a lot of practice and a lot of time, but in it as a concept is very simple. We're letting something go in our heart that we keep that's aimed at us instead of aimed at others. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm. It's a free podcast platform that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. A man tells me that he's failed again. He's failed his wife. He's failed his vows of marriage because he keeps lying to his wife about his drinking. And the stories just seem to be a repeating of themselves over and over again. Promises made and never kept. The challenge of trying to be responsible but it just doesn't happen for him and he struggles with the idea of letting some of the anger go that he has about his continual past failures he just can't seem to get there and the thing that happens is he attacks himself and then it becomes the vicious cycle of reusing his drug of choice alcohol so we work together to really understand how do you let that anger go and forgive and so he describes to me the problems and I'm bearing witness to it I'm, I'm hearing him I'm letting him know that I really do feel that pain of anger and anguish that he has and I tell him he can be forgiven and he has a quizzical look on his face and then I tell him he has been forgiven he can let the anger go now. And he just sits there and stares at me, waiting for me to flinch or blink, change expression, let him know that what I'm telling him is just a bunch of BS. But I don't, because I'm going to bear witness to his pain and his anger and his upset. And then I'm not going to react and I'm going to let it go inside so that he can let it go inside. And maybe we have to repeat that over and over again. But it's the first time he's ever really thought about forgiving himself. What I have found uh, as a good place to start is with the definition of forgiveness. When people hear the word forgiveness, they think of it's an act, it's an action something they do that's reflexive to something that's bothering them. I heard a definition of forgiveness one time that it was a conscious, deliberate decision of releasing feelings of resentment or, or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve forgiveness. But see, when you look at that definition, it doesn't talk about self. It talks about other people. So if you're the person who deserves forgiveness, uh, you want to give forgiveness to yourself, the definition has to change because 
the feelings of resentment or vengeance are focused on self-directed thought. So as a definition, forgiveness is kind of then an act. It is an act. It is something that you do for yourself. And with the biblical understanding of forgiveness being you have to do it every time. Each time it comes up, you have to forgive again. It doesn't mean you forget. It doesn't mean that you uh, have just all of a sudden changed what you remember about forgiveness, but it is then, in fact, an act. You have to do it. It's something you do, and then you feel. So as a definition for forgiveness, when it relates to yourself, really is not so focused on uh, forgetting or trying to excuse what you've done. Maybe there is no excuse for it. Maybe you can't explain it, but you want to not have those feelings of resentment and vengeance. That's what you're trying to release. So each time it comes up, since you're with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you have to then re-forgive. And that's the part that I hear frequently that they struggle with, the idea that I have to forgive him every time. Well, not every time that they do it, because if that's the issue, maybe you then need to put a boundary down so that you don't have that relationship in place any longer where they can continue to to do those kinds of things. So maybe it's more about a boundary at that point. But if it's with you, it's every time it comes up in your head, every time you remember whatever it is you've done that you think is unforgivable. You have to then re-forgive again and again and again. Somebody who is an addict struggles with that one, and they just walk around in their pool of misery until they can learn to forgive. So as I had said before, bearing witness to that forgiveness is part of the process that is very helpful in a therapeutic setting. Bearing witness, the person who is going to witness that person's anger towards themselves or resentment, upset. In the 12-step process, that would be step five. Uh, Saying out loud to yourself, to another person, and to God, the nature and extent of those character defects that you've come up with in step four. Many times clients will jump out of the recovery process when it comes time to do that because they just can't bring themselves to do it. But the presence of another person who is a conduit to the understanding or maybe even a reflection of the understanding of of the, the pain and the upset is very, very helpful. And it's really necessary in order to get to that point of forgiveness. So when they, when they, go through a process of trying to forgive themselves. They have to, it is an action. You're saying it out loud. You're saying it to another person, tell you know, whatever it is that you have to forgive yourself for and using the person who's bearing witness to it, the opportunity to be able to uh, see the, the reaction you're having to that pain and watching them have that reaction. So it's a trusted relationship, but it's one that's really not about the other person. It's about 
you, the addict, who's trying to self-forgive. At that point, you can't go back to it with the feelings and keep those feelings. You may revisit the thing that bothers you, but you're not going to hang on to those feelings. And once we've forgiven, we can you can always end up going back to whatever it is that made you upset in the first place, obviously. But each time you do that, you're going to have to go back into the forgiveness mode again. So you did something 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, five days ago, and it was wrong and you feel upset about it and you forgave yourself for it and it comes back and you are now upset again because you're so disappointed that you did the thing in the first place and you have to step back into, that's right. I forgave myself for that. I'm not going to hang on to that anger. So you're remembering, and that's part of it is the remembering, but then you're going to go into, that's right, but I gave, I gave that anger up. So as a definition, forgiveness is about releasing the negative emotion attached to it, the anger, the rage, the contempt, the vengeance, not the act that you're trying to forgive, but those feelings that come with it. If you don't, you're going to become incredibly uncomfortable. And that's the whole problem with addiction is I'm trying to not feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to get rid of whatever is making me feel uncomfortable and I can't. So I'm going to drink it away or smoke it away or snort it away or shoot it up away or whatever. The, the healthier way, but the much harder way is to go into forgiveness It is a struggle, but you can do it. So now that we we have a definition of what forgiveness is, it's a feeling and an action, and it's a releasing of the negative emotion, the vengeance, the rage, the contempt, the anger, the poison you're drinking, thinking you're killing somebody else. And we have that definition. The next thing that usually comes up is, What is it that is worthy of forgiveness? I have heard that someone will tell me various things that they've done that they, you know, they recognize as character defects or things that they've done and they they would like to be forgiven for them if they could. And there are times when they leave things out. And the things they leave out are the things that they don't think uh, that they're capable of forgiving or that they're, they're so bad that they can't be forgiven ever by anybody. There is nothing that can't be forgiven. Nothing. You just have to be able to know that it can be forgiven. So the admission of it, the bringing it out into the light, not letting it hide in the dark recesses of that closet of crap, bring it out, expose it. And again, in the 12-step process, when we're going through step four, it can be a very long, very painful process. I have known people that have spent two months doing step four. The step four, if you don't know, 
Fearless searching moral inventory of your character defects. Fearless and searching. Those are very operative key words to the process. Fearless and searching. And you bring it all out. And that's part of what it is we keep inside of us is we're harboring those things that we just can't let go because we think that they're not worthy of it. We, we are not worthy of it. That that's, This is too much. Those are the ones that really will keep individuals locked into their addiction when it comes to self-forgiveness. I did this thing. I don't think it can ever be forgiven. And so I'm just not going to bring it up again. But they don't bring it up. They don't say it out loud. But trust me, it's there because they're hanging on to it. And it's only locked in their head. Bringing out those things that you think are not, 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 you're not capable of forgiveness of are, are the ones that really are important. So again, we're back to finding that relationship where it can be trusted, where there's an understanding of what forgiveness is and allowing the person to bear witness to your fearless searching moral inventory of your character defects. So you can be honest in front of somebody else. Honesty in front of others is a very powerful experience. And, and the Catholic church has got confession. We go into a booth and we say our confessions and we're doled out some uh, amount of act that we have to then show our repentance for it. Others will just come and talk to a pastor or a rabbi uh, in, in, in a more secular version and be just talking to a family friend or a family member, spouse, um, to, to, to be able to set yourself up for that self-forgiveness act. But that is important. The human-to-human contact, um, that interpersonal healing. Now, the person who's bearing witness to it on their part, a lot of times, doesn't really need to do anything other than just be there. Um, it's a, a an interpersonal thing. As, as uh, Dan Siegel says, it's the, the interstitial space. The space between cells is where existence uh, of real connectivity is. Um, two cells get close to each other. There's an interstitial space between them. And for recovery, that's that interstitial space is I've approached you and you have approached me and we are connected with a, with a similar experience of usage and trauma and abuse of, of ourselves and other people. And it's that interstitial space where the healing is, but you have to be close enough for there to be an interstitial space. Because if you're too far away from each other, in other words, you're not opening up to them, there isn't any. So there's no capacity for forgiveness. And so I think that that's probably one of the real keys to success and recovery is, is being able to be honest and open. And when I am working with clients who are closed off, can't be there. And we, you know, the turning over of a process and now I go, I'm going backwards through the steps. Step three turn yourself over, that's, that's the opening up. And it's, it's really important. It's, it's so significant an experience. And when I see somebody do it, they've turned themselves over 
things really start to change then. But it really begins from inside. You heal from the inside out, just like you rot from the inside out. You heal from the inside. So you have to open up your heart. You have to open yourself up and be honest in the presence of another and be uh, in that place where you can admit. And you will get to recovery once you begin that process, that very, very hard process. How many times is my brother to sin against me and I'm to forgive him? Up to seven times? These are the words that Peter said to Jesus as he was discussing and trying to understand forgiveness. You have to understand at the time that there was a limit to the numbers of times you were to forgive people at that time as a context. It was three times. So maybe Peter was thinking seven times was generous, but the reaction that he got from Jesus was that it's not seven times. How about seven times 70, which was a much more generous number. Those are wise words to think about forgiveness. It's every time. So if you suffer from the pain of self-inflicted anger and resentment for things that you've done or that you've done to yourself, how about forgiving every time? See if it works for you. Maybe try something small, some small transgression and practice, practice that forgiveness every time. I hope this podcast was helpful in your journey to recovery. If you're not on that journey and you want to try to get on that journey, please do. If you have a loved one who's suffering from addiction, hopefully this was informative and gave you some insight into just what they're suffering from and how they process and think. If you do want help, please reach out to somebody wherever you are in the world. There are plenty of opportunities and options for you for treatment. Check into a residential treatment center. Reach out to a therapist who specializes in addiction treatment. Go to an AA or NA meeting, but get the help. It's not worth saving your addiction by ending your life. So get the help rather than continue on with the destruction of addiction. Look forward to further podcasts and more things to help you on your journey to recovery.